Loss helps us define our lives. By allowing our grief to matter, we discover our own strengths and embrace our authentic selves. Welcome to Good Grief with your host, Cheryl Jones. Get ready to be inspired, to create a deeper life, to make your time on Earth much more meaningful. Now, here is Cheryl Jones. Jones, and I want to welcome you to Good Grief, where we talk each week about the transformations that can come from loss. The song you just heard, Children of Darkness, is written by Richard and Mimi Farina, and it's one of the first protest songs that I learned to play and sing as a teenager when we were objecting to the Vietnam War, rampant racism, and the fight for women to be seen as full human beings. And sadly, it's no more, no, no less relevant today. That's very evident in the last few weeks. We're, we're all, uh, many of us are feeling that. Today, I'm inviting a conversation among us about how to go forward after an election that proved to those of us that are marginalized in many different ways in our society that, in fact, there are many, many people who don't want to change that. In fact, want to go in the other direction. And, and further marginalize us. I'll be taking calls in just a few minutes, but I want to li- really share some of my own personal process, my own grief process uh, in terms of this, um, this last few weeks. Uh, as a way of getting started with the conversation, when I do groups, I always start with myself, and, um, and so I'm doing that on the show today too. The number you're going to call in a few minutes is 866-472-5792, 866-472-5792. But let me tell you a bit about what I've been going through. Um, so on Wednesday, November 9th, I, I didn't know how I would conduct my work as a therapist that day. I had a lot of, a lot of work that day and my radio show. Most of the people I work with are members of communities that have been stereotyped and marginalized during this campaign and who have been the object of of really some what I would have to call hate speech. And so I had a very sick feeling in my stomach. But just as big was that I had my own personal feelings of threat in terms of the results and what might come next. And I want to tell you what I'm talking about. I'm married to a Latinx woman. The government has a full record of our lesbian identity. We've adopted a child together. We've lived our lives as lesbians and we're 63 and 64. And the vice president-elect in particular would like to nullify our marriage 
return to a world where LGBTQ people undergo conversion therapy, which is a violent attempt to change us. And uh, I knew that would not just result in some political actions, but also a kind of permission to stereotype and, and be violent towards us. And that same day, a gay man was attacked by people, people who credited the election with emboldening them. That's the one we saw pictures of and, and heard about. I'm the mother of three very, very beautiful young women. The oldest is married to a Muslim man. His parents immigrated to the U.S. to flee danger in their own country. And if Muslims are forced to register, my daughter, son-in-law, and grandchildren will be on the list. If Muslims are thrown out of the country, as was proposed during the campaign, they'll be forced to leave. They can't go back. There's nowhere to go back to. And where they would go, I can't imagine. I'm also the mother of a woman whose partner is a man from Brazil of African descent who received his green card just a few days before the election. I know from listening carefully to him and other people in my life the impact on actual people, people of the rhetoric regarding immigrant people, which has become so loud in the last year. He's scared, and so we're all scared. My youngest daughter is an activist who is also African-American. When she posted a picture of herself at the demonstrations immediately following the election, holding a huge sign that said, Love Trump's Hate, I was proud and terrified, protective and supportive. It's really so very personal for me. I had a guest on the show that, that day who is from New Zealand, and she was terrified because in her country, global, global warming is a very, very real thing. The sea level is rising, and they're universally afraid. Because I look at most everything through the lens of grief and what comes from grief, I've thought long and hard about how I wanted to navigate my own grief right now, and here's what I know. And then I want to hear from you. <laughs> I want to have every feeling, acknowledge it, and honor it. I throw none of my reactions and responses away. I want to nourish myself and those I care about so that we have the resources to respond over whatever time it takes to the experience of the atmosphere of assault. If I'm well in myself, it will not shut me down even when it does hurt. I want to find ways to join with community, for instance this hour, to support each other as we navigate a frightening new territory. And for those who say it was all there before, I agree completely. But the power people have to act on those beliefs and the license that's been given for hate speech and outright attack has shifted, and I can't ignore that. I want to find ways to act that are powerful, sustainable, and in concert with my personal values. Those acts will not be the same for all of us, and so... Back to item two, community, I want to support others in their grief, their nourishment, and the actions that are in line with their own beliefs and value systems. I give them the right, as if I had it to give, to act in those ways even when they're not my, my ways. So I'm going to open the phone lines. The number again is 866-472-5792. I've got lots of, lots of thoughts about... Uh, ways that that this is taking shape in my own life but my real goal 
for this hour is to hear from you because I can only think of what comes to my mind, what passes my um, what passes my eyes and my ears, and uh, we we're better together. We're better when we all share uh, what um, what we're going through. While I'm waiting for those calls, I'm, I'll I'll read a little section. Uh, since the first first part of what what I'm committed to on my own is having every feeling, acknowledging it, and honoring it, I must say that I often want to speak right away, but I seldom am able to. Um, the day after the election, I ran I read a long article by John Pavlovitz uh, about grief and the election. And I want to read a little section of it. I don't think you understand us right now. I think you think this is about politics. I think you believe this is all just sour grapes. The crocodile tears of the losing locker room with the scoreboard going against us at the buzzer. I can only tell you that you're wrong. This is not about losing an election. This isn't about not winning a contest. This is about two very different ways of seeing the world. Every horrible thing Donald Trump ever said about women or Muslims or people of color has been validated. Every profanity-laced press conference and every call to bully protesters and every ignorant diatribe has been endorsed. Every piece of anti-LGBTQ legislation Mike Pence has championed has been signed off on. Half of our country has declared these things acceptable, noble, American. This is the disconnect and the source of our grief today. It isn't a political defeat that we're lamenting. It's a defeat for humanity. We're not angry that our candidate lost. We're angry because our candidates losing means this country will be less safe, less kind, and less available to a huge segment of its population. And that's just the truth. I know people could disagree with that statement. What stood out to me was that he was able to speak his truth the day after, which took me quite a lot longer to start really uh, expressing myself, except in very, very private ways. Um, I want to reiterate the number, 866-472-5792. Let me share along the lines of, of a little inspiration, something Ram Dass said. As some of you may know, Ram Dass is a person who has been a meditator all his life. He wrote a book called How Can I, How Can I Help? Um, he's been very, uh, very active in the, um, in the Buddhist movement in the U.S., uh, but also is a bit of an activist. He says... You and I are the force for transformation in the world. We are the consciousness that will define the nature of the reality we are moving into. I wonder if you believe that. Do you believe that we are actually impacting the kind of re- the nature of the reality we're moving into? Um, because that is something that I certainly do believe. Um, even if that isn't literally true. Uh, don't you find that our life is influenced by how we uh, 
how we talk to each other, what we share with each other. I, I've been uh, doing my best to find some balance, um, not listening to too much um, outrage. On the other hand, to not too little either. But in the, along the lines of nourishing myself, I've been looking for inspiration. Uh, I, I read something, an, an article that, that Obama, uh, in which Obama, Barack Obama talked about what he said to his daughters about the elect- election, and I did find it uh, worth sharing here. What I say to them is that people are complicated Obama told the publication, societies and cultures are really complicated. This is not mathematics. This is biology and chemistry. These are living organisms, and it's messy. And your job as a citizen and as a decent human being is to constantly affirm and lift up and fight for treating people with kindness and respect and understanding. And you should anticipate that at any given moment, there's going to be flare-ups of bigotry that you may have to confront or may be inside you and you have to vanquish and it doesn't stop. You don't get into a fetal position about it. You don't start worrying about the apocalypse. You say, okay, where are the places where I can push to keep it moving forward? This makes me think one thing I did over the last two weeks is go to a, a community sing, which was already planned before the election. Melanie DeMora, an incredible activist and singer, uh, had a community sing at a, a very major venue here, Zellerbach, on the UC Berkeley campus, where we came together and sang together. And she had written a new song, the song is um goes like this we're gonna put one foot in front of the other and lead with love we're gonna put one foot in front of the other and lead with love for me music is one of the primary primary ways i personally nourish myself and see myself through grief uh if i had a whole chorus here that would sound a lot more awesome but I wanted to share it because it's kind of been running in my mind ever since it's time for our first break I really want to encourage you to call and the number once again 866-472-5792 in a few minutes we'll be back from the break so please try to get through Uh, You can find links to my website and social media at the Good Grief page at Voice America. I'll be looking for ways to share with my listeners, ways to stay inspired and address what we're going through. So if you sign up for my email list, you'll you'll receive that kind of notice. Uh, Remember, 866-472-5792. Be back in just a few minutes. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. 
Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back. This is your host, Cheryl Jones, and I've been talking about the post-election grief reaction that many people in my life are having, including myself, and how we go forward from that and stay inspired and um, find actions that that work for us. Uh, I am really hoping that some of you will call and engage in a conversation. There's no right or wrong answer about this, but what I am looking to talk about in particular is the ways we're finding solace and the ways we're finding action. And the number here is 866-472-5792. In the meantime, I've come with many things I can share uh, that are that fall into these various categories I've been talking about. And so if I don't hear from anyone, you'll be hearing a lot about how I'm trying to cope. Um a friend of mine, an old friend of mine who I've reconnect with, reconnected with recently, Irene Young, is a photographer that uh, who um, photographs a lot of musicians. And uh, she's been looking for ways to express, uh, oh, it looks like I have a caller. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what she said, and then we'll talk to Marie from Woodland, California. To face this dragon and endure this heartbreak, I found it essential to ad- to dive into a radical self-care mode where I can train to become my most potent self. We must consider our lives now as a boot camp for bedding our bodies and our emotions. We're not all young and tough, but we are strong-minded. We must care for ourselves so we have more to give our friends and our communities. The stronger we are individually, the stronger we will be together. So that's what she's done to respond I happen to live in California, 
so if you watch the maps the night of the election, you you know that uh, the whole entire West Coast um, voted Democratic. Uh, that doesn't mean everyone here is a Democrat. What it does mean is that um, we have we've had a lot of opportunities to come together, and um, we've been able to sort of choose. And there have been opinions about what's what's real action, what's not. But if I bear in mind for myself that uh, all of these categories are potent and helpful, it helps me. Uh, For instance, um, the Sunday after the election, um, uh, we had an event here. We have a beautiful lake, Lake Merritt, uh, a huge lake, and it's actually been been refurbished a lot in the last few years and we it's about three and a half miles around and enough people turned up for this uh, coming together it was called hands around Lake Merritt that we actually joined hands the entire way around very very diverse crowd uh, very inspiring to to be together with that many people and um, just be there. There was some drumming, there was some singing, but for me it was more about all of us being in one place where we could uh, acknowledge each other and what we were going through. That was very comforting. Uh, I I mentioned the Zellerbach um, event where we all sang together. I'm hoping there will be more of both those things. Some people think that that kind of, of um, social action, demonstrations, all of that is futile. You know, for me, I grew up with an activist dad. He went to the South. He demonstrated. He marched. He uh, was... was um, definitely in danger sometimes from those actions. And although, of course, we know it didn't change everything, it did change some things. I, I want to think that that can be a part of what we do. The other thing I'm aware of is that grief can be a very helpless experience. And anytime we can take some action, uh, it helps us. It helps us to continue to be inspired and to have a sense of possibility. So I'm not going to rule out that particular form of action. Um, let's, let's take another thing that, that people have been invited to do a lot in the last few days, and that's sign petitions and call representatives. Again, do I think that does everything? I definitely don't. Do I think it does something? I definitely do because uh, at least what what I've been um, led to believe is that politicians really do pay attention to how many people call them. Of course, it isn't going to be any kind of immediate thing. It will help us feel less helpless. That may be a theme for the day, feeling less helpless. Um, let's talk about music a little bit because... Uh, there, there's a long history 
of music as protest. And um, that can be a very powerful healing and also a very powerful call to action. Uh, it can be the way we refuel ourselves. Uh, and for me, I, I the Saturday after the election, I was already uh, offering a grief workshop that integrated the arts. I think all the arts have a, have a chance to be instrumental in what we're what we're trying to do, what we're trying to heal from, and then go forward from. Uh, there's there are just so many examples, uh, you know, of of music that replenishes us, including. Uh, well, let's let's go to Bob Dylan because um, he's just gotten a Nobel for his music, and I think we'd have to say that um, "Where Have All the Flowers Gone" was a very powerful anti-war song. Really mobilized people. Where have all the flowers gone? Long time passing. Do you recall that song? I'm sure many of you have heard it or sung it. Uh, I'm I'm showing my age today a little bit because the last time I saw such an intense uh, outpouring in politics, they 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 happen all the time. But this is taking me me back to the beginning of my life for sure, and some of the experiences that I that I had as a young protester and uh, I I think that's positive I think it's positive that I'm of course it's been painful too just to look at what hasn't changed but to look at what has changed for instance we have uh, my wife and I have a marriage right we did get married we couldn't do that when we met almost 20 years ago so I think that that is powerful. <laughs> what is the saying? The more things change, the more they stay the same. There's some truth to that. But I try to bear in mind, and maybe this is about the finding inspiration or nourishment. I try to bear in mind that if I look at uh, if I look at change as a sort of spiral both for people and for societies, we definitely dip and we do tend to go in the direction of improvement. I, I remember my mother crying inconsolably when I came out at 17 that I would never have, have children. That was just a given at that point. And as I mentioned earlier, I have three children. So... Um, that did not come to pass. Her fear was not realized that I would never be able to be a parent. So, uh, I wanted to read something that I found inspiring. Uh, a guest of mine, Naomi Shihab Nye, she's a poet, but she wrote a piece a couple of years ago that I'm finding inspiring about now. I'm looking for examples 
that that contradict uh, what we're most afraid of. So here's how it goes. Wandering around the Albuquerque airport terminal after learning my float had been flight had been delayed four hours, I heard an announcement. If anyone in the vicinity of gate A4 understands any Arabic, please come to the gate immediately. Well, one pauses these days. Gate A4 was my own gate. I went there. An older woman in full traditional Palestinian embroidered dress, just like my grandma wore, was crumpled to the floor, wailing. Help, said the flight flight agent. Talk to her. What is her problem? We told her the flight was going to be late, and she did this. I stooped to put my arm around the woman and spoke haltingly. Shudowa, shubiduk, habibti, please forgive my lack of Arabic. Stani shwe, min fadlik, shubitsewi. The minute she heard any words she knew, however poorly used, she stopped crying. She thought the flight had been canceled entirely. She needed to be in El Paso for major medical treatment the next day. I said, no, we're fine. You'll get there just late. Who is picking you up? Let's call him. They they went on speaking. She called her dad. They talked. She called other friends. They talked. She was laughing a lot by then, telling about her life, patting my knee, answering questions. She'd pulled a sack of homemade mamul cookies, little powdered sugar, crumbly mounds, stuffed with dates and nuts from her bag, and was offering them to all the women at the gate. Not a single traveler declined one. It was like a sacrament. A traveler from Argentina, the mom from California, the lovely woman from Laredo, we were all covered with the same powdered sugar and smiling. There is no better cookie. Then the airline broke out free apple juice, and two little girls from our flight ran around serving it, and they were covered with powdered sugar, too. And I noticed my new best friend, by now we were holding hands, had a potted plant poking out of her bag, some medicinal thing with green furry leaves. Such an old country traveling tradition, always carry a plant, always stay rooted to somewhere. And I looked around that gate of late and weary ones and thought, this is the world I want to live in. The shared world, not a single person in that gate, once the crying of confusion stopped, seemed apprehensive about any other person. They took the cookies. I wanted to hug all those other women, too. This can still happen anywhere. Not everything is lost. Maybe you have examples of that, moments that have been very loving and, and deep and and sacred that you've experienced in the last few weeks because what I've noticed is that when I'm walking down the street or going into the grocery store or uh, attending a public event, there's a sense for me of connecting that is quite visceral and and meaningful to me that in some way we're we're pulling together those of us that want to support other people who are also suffering with with what we imagine this election will mean. I have to say that, you know, anticipated losses like this don't always come out exactly as we expect. Maybe that's true of grief in general. Our process through grief is never exactly as we expect. For instance, we might think, I can't live through this. I can't. I can't possibly go on, but that's rarely true. 
um, especially if we reach out, if we let it be real, if we let it matter, uh, often there is a way through and there is a way to feel supported and nourished through these painful times. And I'm using those principles that I've learned through my own grief and other, other people's grief and especially all the people I've talked to over the last three years on this show. It's three years pretty much today that I've been uh, doing this show. And that is so universal that engaging with grief can sometimes lead to quite profound changes in ourselves and our worldview and our sense of connection with other people because once we know our own grief, we do have a better chance of connection, connecting with other people's grief. We're about to go to the second break. I'm so hoping that by the time we come back, we'll be able to get the callers on the air. It's, But if not, we'll keep talking and we'll do this again sometime soon. Uh, the number you're going to call when we come back is 866-472-5792. You can find me at the Good Grief page at Voice America to uh, connect with me, to let me know what you're thinking about all this. If not during the show, then afterwards. And let's keep this conversation going. Again, 866-472-5792. Be back soon. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back. I'm your host, Cheryl Jones, and I've been talking about post election grief and how we're finding. Uh, solace and taking action. And I have Marie from Woodland on the line. Hi, Marie. Hi, Cheryl. How are you? Um, I'm okay. I'm a little nervous to be talking on your show, but so many things resonated with me that you've been talking about. And I thought I would share some of my responses to things and some of the ways that I have felt helped me. And if that's okay. 
Absolutely. That's the idea. I hope you'll inspire okay. others to walk past their nervousness. <laughs> well, um, I hope so, too. Um, I think, um, Cheryl, that I'm a lot like you in that um, right after the election, you know, that it's taken me a while to kind of go through all these phases of exploring what I'm feeling and really letting myself feel it. Um, and the, the first week or the day after I had, um, worked very, very hard for the Hillary campaign and I felt, um, devastated and sad that, you know, I tell my daughter things matter, doing things like this matter. And, and I felt a little bit like maybe they don't matter as much as I think. Mm. And and then, so I went through this period of like total filling myself with love and really trying to make sure that everything I said was something that was um, coming from a place of love and, you know, doing a lot of prayer and spiritual work and just, you know, saying things to myself like, I'm a vessel of your love, please fill me, Um, things like that. And that really helped me for about a week. And, um, And, you know, I think I was in a numb state in some ways, except that I felt like I was really connecting spiritually with the great creator. And that was, that was important for me. Um, and then I, um, all of a sudden, I, I well, after that, I, I think when Leonard Cohen died. Hmm. The very next it, day. Uh, the very next day, that allowed me to really let my grief out for a short period. Um, And I contacted a friend who had been estranged for a while, and um, uh, she and I used to love Leonard Cohen and would sing Hallelujah and stuff like that together all the time. And I called her, and um, it it opened a door for both of us to grieve, um, grieve the estrangement, but then also grieve for me what was happening in our world. And um, so I let myself just cry, you know, for the rest of the day. And then, and, and then, you know, playing Leonard Cohen music and uh, his new album. And it's just all about saying goodbye. And I felt like it was, um, it was healing in some way to kind of let go of some of the angst that I was feeling. And then I went into this little short period of feeling not right, depressed. Um, and, but I knew it and I, but for a couple of days it was like, I couldn't recognize what my feeling was about. I knew it was about the election, but you know, I think with grief, it's big, as you know, and it isn't just about one thing. 
And um, so then I am a soul collage facilitator and I did a group and realized that through expressing myself through art that, that it's a very powerful healer, especially if you're able to talk about it. Right. And then, and then um, the piece about music became very important, like really helping myself through music. And right now I'm sort of angry and, and have been hyper-vigilant about looking for things. Like I'm very involved in the Standing Rock um, yes. No DAPL and you know I can't find it in the papers you know and then today or yesterday there was a big article written by a Native American woman and their tribe was joining them and she wrote the article and um, you know I've been kind of searching newspapers to go is anybody reporting this stuff because right. many people I talk to don't even know what it is right and, I, and, I and let's, let's just share with people who may not know what it is that uh, indigenous people in North Dakota are protesting uh, a, um, a conduit for an oil pipeline. Um, permission was not granted for it to go through their land, but it is being built. And they're protesting that. And there's been a lot of violence that, uh, in fact, I heard yesterday one young woman was hurt so badly that she may lose her arm. So it's been pretty violent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I, yes, and this is happening and many tribes are gathering and many people are demonstrating and I've been doing that. And, you know, I did speak to somebody because I talked with my husband and I said, I think I need to go. And the the person I talked to just got back and he said, it's winter. You know, it's really winter. And, um, you know, and where it's at is really, really cold. And I have been to North Dakota and it's snowy for sure. And it is cold. Yes. Um, my dad grew up there. Yeah. So, oh, yes, it is. <laughs> He left and never went back. You know, put lots of jackets on and things like that. Right, right. So then I went on this, in this thing of action, because I didn't know, I didn't know what to do. And because there are so many things at stake with this election, Um, you know, women's rights, um, Black Lives Matter, LGBT, you know, there's all of, more than that, you know, climate change, that there's a part of me that's going, okay, where where do I put my energy and how do I put my energy there and how can I be helpful? And there are so many things that it's really hard to figure out. Like, I can't do them all. You know, I just don't have that much energy. But it has helped me to feel like um, this grief, like you said before, action is really important. I'm and really glad you said that- what you just said, too, because uh, 
a little phrase I, I live with in my head is, um, what's my part to play? Right. Um, and then noticing when I play it, for instance, honestly, I'm, I'm really, I thought about going to the nighttime demonstrations, but I actually don't mm-hmm. feel strong enough. Uh, you know, <laughs> so uh, what's my part to play? And you're, what calls you? Because I feel as if we've got to start there. Uh, what what do we each feel called to do? Right, and there's a list of them, you know. And my hope in in trying to be able to be. Um, Coming from a place of love, and which is really important to me, is that I need to put my love into action and my grief into action. And doing art, writing poetry, um, I went to see the our Nobel, our U.S. Um, poet laureate um, right after, and that was really good for me. And um, you know, just doing my own art or my own writing yes. or being in groups with people. Um, and and to also right? understand that um, for some people that the anger part of grief needs to be spoken right now. And people are going to be saying angry words and, you know, we can be loving towards that. Uh, that's been a focus right. of my attention too. Uh, that that we all again we all have a part to play, and some people's part to play is to be very pissed off and express that. <laughs> so right. I've been I've been uh, I've been thinking a lot about that, uh, and I have over the years when. Um, ACT UP was trying to get funding for AIDS and people were saying, oh, that's not the way to to do it. You know, I was thinking, well, that's a part of it. Some people take that action. Marie, I really want to thank you for calling. You you were one caller, but you brought up a lot of a lot of things that I think will be helpful to other people. So I appreciate you um, walking past your, your nervousness. And uh, it's almost time to close. I want to close with... Um, a little quote and then a Tuck and Patty song. If you wear a hijab, oh, I'll, sit with, I'll sit with you on the train. If you're trans, I'll go to the bathroom with you. If you're a person of color, I'll stand with you if the cops stop you. If you're a person with disabilities, I'll hand you my megaphone. If you're an immigrant, I'll help you find resources. If you're a survivor of sexual assault, I'll believe you. If you're a refugee, refugee I'll make sure you're welcome. If you're a veteran... I'll take up your fight. If you're LGBTQ, I won't let anybody tell you you're broken. If you're a woman, I'll make sure you get home okay. If you're tired, me too. If you need a hug, I've got an infinite supply. If you need me, I'll be with you. All I ask is that you be with me too. Thanks so much for being with me today, everyone, whether you called or didn't. And uh, This has been Good Grief. I look forward to being with you again next week for another meaningful conversation. Afraid we won't give up, our path is clear. We all join hands, walk to the promised land. We won't give up, our path is clear.
you so much for joining us for Good Grief. Please come back next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Cheryl Jones, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a meaningful week. Abre mi corazón.